Order. Order in the court. Excuse me. I said order! <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to She-Hawk and Order Podcast. I am your judge and host, Rain Coleman. This is a Carefree Black Nerd She-Hawk review. And on this week's docket, we have... Looks like a normal amount of rage. Now, when listening to this episode, use the hashtag S-H-A-O-Pod to talk your shit with me. Alright, so let's see. It looks like this week, Jen Walters' world is turned upside down after a freak accident leaves her with superpowers. Alright, so we're getting straight to the point. I, first and foremost, loved this episode. Whew, okay, got that out the way. Hit me up on Twitter and on TikTok, carefreeblurred, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com if you must email me. And in the subject, leave something to the effect of She-Hawk if it's about the She-Hawk show. Now, let's get right into the ish. So, um, recently, in preparation for the show, I did revisit, or review rather, the first issue of She-Hawk back from 1980. And it was interesting, it was fun, did a few episodes or a few videos on it over on TikTok so follow me there but my god i know who shigaki is i've seen her in comics over the years i've enjoyed everything about hers but she hasn't been someone who was like on my radar as a must follow a must watch um that's not to say that the hook was either i mean he was cool whatever i just wasn't a hook fan revisiting or visiting that first issue was freaking hilarious like there's no I don't think the comic was intended to be funny, but the first issue, I laughed all the way through. It was some very heavy moments, and I mentioned this over on TikTok, follow me there, that I truly feel like She-Hulk issue number one is, I don't want to say perfect, but it is a damn good introduction of a character, and... Bruce's involvement is important, and without it, you don't get the same story. However, I feel like it's contained enough that you could probably drop this storyline into any space, any time of Bruce's character, you know, ignoring all the actual continuity, like, fixed points. But, like, you could just drop this story in and let that be that. Um, Another thing I enjoyed about the first issue was that it felt like a lived-in world. It very much felt like this is a, a woman who has a life that has gone on before this first page and continues to go on after this last page. And I say that because of the stuff that she was dealing with. Um, I mentioned in my videos that I'm not entirely certain if these characters were already established and then kind of used to uh, more fleshing out in her story or if the book, the issue itself just created these like hoodlums, these villains. Regardless, either way, She-Hog issue number one back in 1980, I think February of 1980, um, the Savage she was like chef's kiss. That brings us to the Disney Plus show. So I laughed like truly laughed and i'm like is there something wrong with me or am i like corny like how is this how am i laughing throughout this whole like episode um another part of that is tatiana maslani who plays jennifer walters who is the title character she hawk 
I love everything that I've seen her in. She is a phenomenal actress, I feel, and I do I enjoy her. And when it was announced that she was going to be She-Hulk, I was already sold. And I've seen the little photos, stills, and, and images, and um, little trailers and whatnot. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm enjoying her. I, I am not nervous about her depiction of Jennifer now. What I have been worried about is the CGI, the CGI hair and how this looks on her versus how it looks on Bruce. And But they're two totally different people. One's a man, one's a woman. One's physique is very different. The hair is different. And the more I started going down the rabbit hole of like learning about Jennifer and getting more uh, knowledge about She-Hulk, the more I was like, to be quite honest, I do not care about this woman's hair. Um... I like it better now, but am I, do I really even like it or is it just this was a funny show and I'm excusing that? Either way, I don't care because I feel like if we got Medusa up in Adelan with that weird looking red blob on her head, I can overlook whatever I might not like about Jennifer or She-Hawk's hair. Like that's very minor. But I say all that to say that like this was a good show and it was funny as hell so tatiana gets tatiana (laughs) jennifer gets straight to the point we have her giving closing arguments to two people in her office it's another lawyer and a paralegal um the guy is the lawyer the woman is the paralegal and they're like on opposing sides of like who should deliver the closing arguments the woman of course is like go ahead jennifer do it the guy's like let me do it you're gonna mess it up this that and the third I don't know, but there's something about this show that feels different. Um, they 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 do lean into the um, women's experience in a way that I don't want to say hasn't been done before, but I think when it comes to Marvel and their lackluster uh, stories, when it comes to women, MCU Marvel. Th- this was a welcome change. Um, you can see right up top that Tatiana, in her womanness, is dealing with some bullshit. Like, right from a co-worker who is a man. And I, I expected to get some of that. Um, I guess I maybe didn't expect to get it on the first episode. And there are a bunch of things. And now, me being a man watching this, there's some things that I picked up. And what I would like to know, if you guys are up for any women and films out there who maybe caught some other things that maybe I'm blind to, you know, because of privilege or whatever. So, one thing I caught was that initial uh, issue with her coworker about him pretty much downing her talents like he's better for the job simply you know, by nothing else but him being a man. Because it never said, like, oh, I've been a lawyer longer than you. I worked on this case more than you. Like, they didn't give any concrete, tangible, real things that would make him the better candidate. Um, Then there was also Jennifer, after becoming Hulk and stumbling into this bar, these guys approaching her and being a bit aggressive with her uh, while she's by herself standing outside the bar. Um, there was also even, and I don't know if this was intentional and I wonder if by it not being intentional, it was intentional. The, uh, it was a lot of how Bruce was handling Jennifer with like discovering K 
can she handle the Hulk or not? And I know, and I say intentional and not intentional because I feel like in continuity, he's just shocked that she has a better handle on it than he does. But then it's also like, do you think because you're a man and because you've done this longer that you're just better? But then at the same time, he does have 15 plus years of like in continuity Hulk experience that he's doing his best to make sure that his cousin is okay. So that one I'm a little bit fickle on. Uh, so I'll say those first two. Um, and that's all I got. So if you guys have any more or if there's something I'm not seeing, let me know, but pulling it back. So <laughs> it's established that Jennifer can become the Hulk. Her paralegal Nikki mentions it. And then we get our first fourth wall breaking. Let me tell you something. I did not know how much I enjoyed this. Like I, in Deadpool, it was fun and I liked it, but I was like, Oh, this is Deadpool. This is fun. This is what he does. And I know Jennifer was the first to do it in She-Hulk, um, between her and Deadpool. But until seeing Tatiana turn and face the camera and actually speak to the camera, I was like, Oh, this is fun. This is something that I enjoy. Like, I don't know, it's like discovering like a food that you've eaten your whole life. There's like, oh no, this is really my favorite food. So I don't know, it's something about that. Now, I can't say that I like that with every character, but I do like the idea that She-Hulk and Deadpool, they do this. And I'm hoping, I am hoping when they eventually meet up in the MCU that they are still the only two that are doing this like on screen together. Like, oh, that'd be so fun. So, Tatiana... Flashes back to a few months ago. She's riding around with her cousin Bruce. They're talking about Steve being a virgin and whatever else, Captain America stuff. That's another thing I enjoy is that Captain America in continuity like has these documentaries and stuff about him. And I wonder if Robert Downey Jr. and um, what's Steve's real name? Chris Evans. If they... Like, I would love to be a fly on the wall five years from now when they've done so many other movies that are not affiliated with Marvel. And then they check in on, like, a Blade or, like, a New Mutants or whatever is the new thing. And you're still seeing references to your character from 20, 30 years ago. Like, that has to be... That has to fill you with some sort of joy. That knowing that your name, not just in like real world, the movies and talents that you have is going to live on. But like in this very specific niche of like diehard nerds, you are going to be referenced probably to the end of time. Like that's, that has to be cool. But I digress. So Tatiana, last time I saw her was an orphan black and I enjoyed her there. But baby, she is funny here. And what I enjoy the most if I'm being completely honest, is the relationship with her and Bruce. Because in the MCU, we do have families, but we don't have, I feel like, and I, I could be wrong, I think I might be speaking ahead of myself, but I'm going to say it anyways. I feel like we don't have this family dynamic going on. Because you got Thor, who's a god, and his godly family and all this. Um, you got Clint... <coughs> But, like, his kids and him, that's, like, father-child. And they're not, he's not superhuman either, but they're not trained in superhuman. They're not spies. Um, we got a short-lived, very short-lived run of the uh, Maximoff twins. So, like, I, I could be missing someone, but this cousin, 
back and forth that these two have is so fun. So in the comic, in issue number one of She-Hulk, um, Jennifer is her and her cousin. He comes to her office. He explains he's the Hulk. He's on the run. She takes him in. He calls her, She calls him Doc, which is her nickname for him. He's impressed that she's his big-time lawyer. They're in L.A., and so while they're catching up, they're driving to her home, and she says, well... I'm um, working on this case on this one thug who apparently supposedly allegedly killed the thug of this other guy and so blah, whatever. So they get out the car and the two thugs of the person Jennifer is not representing shoots her like they show all this on panel. She gets shot in the back, land on the uh, in the driveway. The Hulk, uh, Bruce has to take care of her, take her to the house. The thugs run away. Um, he needs to give her a blood transfusion, which is like. Hmm, is that the immediate answer to a gunshot? But whatever, comics. So he breaks into the house of a neighboring doctor, does the blood transfusion, calls the police and ambulance. They come pick up uh, Jennifer. They take him to jail because he's still wanted murder. Or they take him to a precinct. He turns to the hook, busts out. She is laying in the bed. These three goons who tried to kill her before, they go to the hospital dressed up as nurses, try to chloroform her. She becomes the She-Hulk, whoops their ass, pulls them up from an elevator shaft, whoops them outside the hospital. Then when the police try to stop her, she has these snarky remarks and runs off, turns back into Jennifer, climbs into the bed of the hospital room next door to hers and fakes like she's terrified so the nurse doesn't know she's She-Hulk. And like... That is a funny-ass fun issue. So, I was wondering if we were going to get that blood transfusion the same way here, but that's not the case. So, Jennifer and Bruce are in the car. They're driving down the road. This spaceship stops in front of them. She runs off the road. They're flipping down this hill. They look like they're, like, in Hawaii. I can't remember if they said where they were, but I don't think it was Hawaii. Um, And I would actually venture to think it was Mexico because Bruce, later on has her wake up in his little resort in Mexico, and also Jennifer practices law in L.A. I think she's like the first Marvel MCU character who's like not stationed in New York. So, yeah, whatever. Follow me here. So, all of this happens. This is how the blood gets transferred, and I like this because it feels like a very quick... uh, Wayne's getting shot in Crime Alley, a very quick, with great power becomes... I don't know, responsibility, whatever. It just feels like a very quick transformation where we don't have to go through the long, drawn-out, getting you to this point. So while they're in the car, the car flips over. Uh, Jennifer crawls out, and Bruce is kind of unconscious. She crawls back in, unhooks him, and pulls him out of the car. Now, he explained that there's this thing on his arm that stops him from becoming the Hulk. He can control it. While they're banged up, I think her arm is cut up. Some kind of way she's bleeding somewhere. And Bruce, his arm is bleeding. His blood is green. His blood seeps into hers. He yells at her, get away from me, get away from me. She hooks out. You don't see her, though. She just hooks out and runs away. What I like about this is that with art, written, visual, movies, TV, all of that... It's yours, you as the author, as the creator. But once it's set out in the world, it no longer belongs to just you. It now belongs to the world, to the consumers, to you. And that's how you have so many people with podcasts, with YouTube videos, with breaking down different comic book stuff. Even, hey, I look at Christianity. You go to one church on one Sunday, the same passage as another church on a different Sunday, get two totally different messages. 
Why is this important? So this is important because the way I interpreted this was face value. She got some of his blood in him and she transformed. But it almost feels like this, and I want to be very careful with how I say this, but this kind of, um, not cautionary tale, that's not it. It's like this disease. I'll say that. Let's start there. So it feels like being a Hulk is a disease. And I liken it to, let's say, let's say the Hulk, instead of being a Hulk, let's say Bruce, uh, what's a contagious disease, Lord? Um, just for a shorthand, let's say, I don't know, any blood, blood STD or whatever. He's trying to protect his cousin, you know, her saving and protecting him causes her to now be like him. And the scenes that follow, though he is, um, they come to terms with what's going on and she kind of excels and is handling it, handling it better. I feel like it, it feels like, it, it just feels like the way that we, oh God. Okay, I'm trying to make sense. I'm going to keep all this in. Okay, forget just disease like bloodborne disease. Let's even look at COVID. With the way that the world has been for the last two, three years, and even if I could take a quick aside, revisiting Falcon and the Winter Soldier, how that was essentially discussing vaccines. And that came at a time when, you know, the world kind of shut down and things, we had a reset and this was all brand new and scary to us. And so I liken this show to that, that same vein where like you're dealing with all these different diseases and shit that we have going on and looking at how Bruce dealt with it versus Jennifer showing that though they're dealing with the exact same thing, they have vastly different responses to it. Bruce struggled with this for 15 years and only in the last like five years or so did he really get a handle on living with this disease, this illness, this virus, and and then living with it to the point where now it really, it consumes every aspect of his life because he he the one thing that bruce kept beating into jennifer was that you will never be the same you cannot give into your emotions you're living with this thing forever in a day and that's funny because okay i was trying to avoid this i was thinking about aids the aids crisis um and so the way in which aids was dealt with back in the day with our queer brethren from back then and how it was regulated to this gay disease and if these people weren't so immoral and doing all this shit or whatever they wouldn't have this versus and that you know being representative by bruce but then also having jennifer kind of the the state of things now where the trials and tribulations that Bruce has gone through with like his, um, he's documented. They, I don't know if this is a retcon or not, but they show that he has this thick ass binder where he's documented his last 15 years of being Hulk, different triggers, different things that have happened with him. And it's like, that's the science. That is the, um, different projects. That is the different scientists. That's the different grassroots people who were fighting to get a handle on this AIDS virus and 
bringing this awareness to the world at large where this is not simply some gay disease and even if the fuck it was it still deserves the same attention that some other disease that is fucking tearing through communities would need and jennifer to me is more representative of this state of the you know aids epidemic now where you have so many different treatment options you have so many ways to get tested and find out beforehand and you have people who are able to live a life a full life again bruce having to change everything every single time we have seen him on screen his hulkness and his bruceness have been together or separate but always working towards this larger avenger type goal jennifer representing the way that aids is, is treated and dealt with now is a person with a regular fucking life before this diagnosis and a regular life after the argument that i may be reaching but i don't see it that way because again when you create something as the artist it's yours but once it's released into the world it's it's up for public consumption and that was the first thing that came to mind for me i was just like yes this is funny this is a comedy i'm enjoying this show but like I can't be the only one pulling this real world issue from this. And even if the AIDS thing is something that you're, you can wrap your head around, just look at COVID. Look at COVID from 2019 to now. You know, look at the different variations and strains. We got so many other shits just popping up here and there. But like this really, I don't know. It kind of, as good as this is and as entertaining, I... I'm just, I'm happy that this show exists. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching, watching to the end, to the last episode and, you know, there and after that, but I'm looking forward to seeing how, how this, how, how does this happen? Like, how does this work? Um, where Jennifer is the first kind of sort of legacy character though um jennifer and she hulk is a character in her own right like in the mcu variants aside she's the first and this hulk she hulk dynamic can be applied to more things than just diseases but that's the first thing that came to mind with the blood transfusion of it all but even with just ideologies from, um, you know, in, in different uh, movements like the civil rights movement versus, uh, I don't know, not really, but the shit we're dealing with now, even the advancement of technology, uh, boomers versus millennials. Like there's so many things, so many opposing viewpoints, but I specifically focus on disease because that is what this feels like. And Bruce even explains that there is with him him and Jennifer, they have a very specific gene or a very specific, not mutation, that's not the word he used, a very specific something in their DNA that allows them to, and I'm not going to say this verbatim, I don't think I'm even going to say this right, but the gist of it is like, kind of their body breaks down gamma rays in a very specific way that allows them to not die from this lethal amount of gamma rays that they receive. Some comic book science-y, science-y stuff, I don't know. But it, this episode really warmed my heart. Like, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> like getting extremely emotional. And that, that it's not that deep, but it is that deep. Um, this direction that the MCU is taking, I understand that it's not for everyone, but... Watching Tatiana bring this character to life, seeing her 
sit on a mat with her legs crossed in front of Bruce while they meditate and have him explain to her that you can't leave yet because you need to be in control of your emotions. And if you're not in control of your emotions, the world, you could kill and hurt all these people. And you're on his side because he's the Hulk. We've seen the things that he's done and that he's been through. But then on the flip side, her response is, I am a woman. I am in control of my emotions all day, every day, because if I talk out of turn, if I push back against something, if I do one thing that's out of the norm or one thing that doesn't uh, make other folks, men specifically, feel at ease, I could end up dead. And that, like, they're both right. And him being right does not negate how right she is. Um, I really think she's a bit more right, but he this just because he's not aware, but then it's also that privilege of like, nigga, Bruce, how in the hell, I understand what you're doing, trying to take care of her as your cousin, and, you know, y'all are two of two. There's not anyone else like you. Um, but, like, she has this lived-in experience that has specifically set her up to be able to handle this. The fact that she can transform from Jennifer to She-Hawk at will, and you can't. Or you couldn't until, you know, recently. And even say, like, oh, that makes me a little bit jealous. And they have this cousin razzing going back and forth, and I like that. But, like, that scene in particular felt so much like conversations that I've had and heard when it comes to even just the ways in which you react to, like, the police or microaggressions or bullshit at work or folks out in the wild. And this may again be reaching to some but to me it's not it's not because again once art is out there you can interpret it however the hell you want to and it just feels like so many conversations that have already been had you're telling these folks so i should see me so i can be a more polite corpse when they eventually do something damaging or someone who looks like me steps out of line or a motherfucker who's just getting some skittles and the motherfucking juice ends up dead or somebody who's in the car with their motherfucking baby not bothering anybody gets shot to fucking pieces it's like this i don't know i i i think there's a lot to unpack for me specifically because clearly this isn't the route i thought this was going to go but i'm I'm enjoying this show, and apparently it's striking some nerves with me that I don't know. Um, I don't know why that is. I know I watched Miss Marvel, and I enjoyed that, but that was a very different show. Um, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have to sit with this for a while and look forward to episode two to see if I still have those same reactions or or what. But long story short, this was a good freaking episode. It was a good opening to what this character is and I enjoyed it especially after reading the first issue this feels very on brand for She-Hulk and for Jennifer okay so um a few things Bruce (laughs) tested Jennifer's blood and he realized we can't let this get into the hands of anyone else because you know they could be super strong whatever like us and he disintegrates it with lasers Clearly, this is coming back up again. There's no reason that you would mention that and it doesn't pop back up later on. So some kind of way, her blood is going to be used to enhance someone or something. We know that's going to happen off rip. Um, The girl from Legendary. I know she was an actress before, but I'm so used to seeing her on Legendary that seeing her as an actress in this show feels weird. Um, When Tatiana becomes 
I'm sorry, when Jennifer becomes She-Hulk, the first time that she wakes up as Jennifer in the woods and stumbles into this bar, she walks into, this is a little bar, it looks like, um, for those of you who've seen True Blood, it looks like that Bong Tong um, bar, whatever, I forget the folks, but y'all know what I'm talking about, it, it feels like that bar. So she walks in, clothes dirty because she became She-Hulk, which is like, I don't know, maybe like seven feet tall, and then shrank back down to her normal size. Filthy, barefoot, walking into the bathroom, and the first thing I could think was, girl, you ain't got no shoes on. This is disgusting. <laughs> so she's against the, uh, lean against the sink, and these four women come in. I think two black women, two white women, or it looks like maybe a black woman, a Latin woman, whatever. That's not important, but it kind of sort of is. Um... And they're very colorful. These women look like they stepped out of, like, Miss Marvel. Not with the style, but more or less the color. Um, Those bright, vibrant colors against that, like, dull, sad bathroom wall. It's like, it just, it, it really popped out. And I honestly thought Wonder Woman. It was the first thing that came to mind. They start helping her, telling her, uh, who did this to you? Are you okay? Whoever did this, fuck him. Then the woman <laughs> says, or forget her or them or whatever. They pull out makeup. They pull out shoes. And it's just like, I'm not a woman. I don't know if this speaks to a very specific like thing that women deal with or like this community or this um, welcoming spirit. But I have been in spaces where that was a reception, like, four or five folks to take you into their friend group or um you know you're at a new job you have a couple people who are like let me latch on to you or like I, whatever it was it was familiar to me but because it played out the way it was i wonder if that's something very specific when it comes to women or if it's just no these was just four girls who was hanging out <laughs> but either way i enjoyed that once she steps out of the bar waiting for Bruce to come get her, these three guys approach her, and they're talking like, oh, we just want to talk to you, we're just being polite, this and that, I'm going to say this, that black man was fine as hell, long ass dreads, brown skin, tall, big old wide mouth, that motherfucker looked good, now the two guys he were with, their looks really doesn't matter, but these men did not look like they matched, I was like, do y'all all work together, <laughs> like, these actors, like this collection of actors was very odd to me. So I was like, how, what is the connection here? What is the, what is the backstory for these extras? Um, they're not on screen long. They pick with her, cat call, mess with her. She hawks out. They run away. I think she throws one or two of them like against a wall. Um, but I was so sad because when I saw that black man, I was like, okay, let me find out she hawk finna. Nope. That's not what it is. So that's another thing that I'm kind of keeping my eye out for. Like, how are you treating the black actors? Not him in particular, because clearly he got his role was to be whatever. But like going forward, because um, I'm watching things with a more with a closer eye for blackness. Uh, and I bring this up because I am midway through the Sandman, Netflix Sandman, Neil Gaiman Sandman, and. As good as that show is, I truly love it. You know, it's not without its flaws. And this is to be expected. It's sad, but it's not nothing new. Um, but I wonder, like, does Jennifer have any black friends? Mm, that's interesting. So, either way, this was a good episode. My favorite part has to be 
Jennifer and Bruce fighting. Them in their Hulk forms going at it back and forth and even them like him showing her things to do and she doing them better. It felt like a better version of that Twilight uh, scene kind of montage where Bella was getting a handle on her vampire powers. I truly enjoyed this and the fight that they had. Like, you have to watch it. If you haven't, please do. Um, Jennifer breaking the fourth wall was so cute. Like, I'm I'm just, like, I I love it. And I wonder if there is an in-continuity or in-universe, like, explanation, or if it's simply just, this is what she did in the comics. And actually, because I've just started reading the She-Hulk comics, if anyone knows if that was ever explained, like, in-continuity, not publication but like in universe in the comics let me know same for Deadpool I think Deadpool's was initially him having like mental health issues and maybe him talking to himself but I don't care too so much about Deadpool as I do about She-Hulk so if you are a She-Hulk um fan stan and you have these answers please let me know um Tatiana did what she needed to do. So them fighting was fun. Her breaking the fourth wall, that was fun. And she eventually uh, tells Bruce, like, look, I have a life outside of this shit. I'm going home. He keeps reminding her, well, you, you're, you're, I'm the only person who understands you and this and that. And, it, and I, it came from a good place and it felt very much like older cousin, big brother, big sister trying to let the younger know, hey, this is what you may be up against. Again, going back to that, uh, disease or the difference in elders versus uh, younger folks but Tatiana is like bruh I have a better handle on this than you did which again I could see both sides where he's like stay with me do the work so that you'll be better than me and she's like well I'm already better than you and that is factually true however you having a handle on these powers is not the same as having his years of history and knowledge with maneuvering as the hawk so like you can um let's keep with the same example deal with not aids you can be that person who was in the 80s dealt with the devastation of aids have it yourself and now you you've learned over the course of living things that are good with foods maybe not to eat what what times to go outside and blah blah whatever and there'd be a younger person who's dealing with the same thing but because there's so many different treatment options so many different resources available it's like I got this. And it's like, well, yeah, you may, but let me also school you. Same thing. Um, shoot, apply it to dating. <laughs> apply it to uh, any issue where it is a, not necessarily us versus them, but dealing with something that has advanced and gotten a bit better over the years, even with technology. Um, but I love that. But the one thing that Bruce said, and it it kind of broke my heart, and I think that's intentional. It was like, why would you not want to stay and learn from someone who knows? Like, I know what you're going to deal with. And he may have been a bit overbearing and maybe trying to make her do things, but it was it was coming from a place of love. And I, I love that with them, too. And I want to see more of them. Not in this series, because, you know, this is her show. If he pops up, cool. doesn't have to be every episode. But I do want to see more of them. Um, and I'm enjoying this character. Like, come on, Jennifer. You got it, girl. Get it, sis. So, there's that. They drink. 
That's another something I thought was interesting. These fools can drink, and because of their Hulk physiology, they can drink, throw it back, and be drunk and not um, have the effects of being drunk. That being said, which is a question I had and was answered immediately, once you revert back to your human form, do you then still have the Hulk... um, I don't know, ability to withstand the effects of alcohol, and you don't. Because Jennifer's like, yeah, I have a Hulk-sized hangover. I'm like, I've had hangovers before. And it's not pretty. I can't imagine being able to drink the weight of an elephant unfazed, but then wake up with an elephant-sized hangover. Ah, nah. Ah, nah. Whew, I don't know. So, uh, last scene, we get another fight. We get Jennifer preparing to do her closing remarks all of a sudden homegirl from legendary busts through the wall and starts attacking folks in the courtroom that has to be explained later that was random as hell <sighs> jennifer hooks out at the um, insistence of nikki the paralegal and she whoops that girl's butt and then they end with uh what is it i'm now ready to make my closing remarks all in all i'm gonna say eight out of ten i enjoyed this episode and I'd love to know you guys' thoughts. Did you like this episode? Even if you didn't like, why not? Was it too campy? Did you not like the fourth wall breaking? Do you not like Tatiana? Do you not like... Like, what is it that makes you not like this? Um, and it's not for everyone, so I'm not even like, you better like it or you're sexist. No, it's not that. All in all, I just really enjoyed this episode. And I'm hoping that this is the tone that's set going forward. And... um. This is going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Especially knowing that Daredevil is coming down the pipeline. Like, I'm not even a stan of his, but knowing he's showing up, knowing about the Netflix series, also with variants, and not knowing where this man is going to fall. Fought, like, in... Like, what personality will we get? Like, who is this? Um, also, shout out to Loose as a Deuce, M. Haynes, who was my co-host for the <laughs> Decoding Tom Swift podcast. He mentioned when I asked, um, where did this show falling continuities it's somewhere around no way home and i think that makes the most sense and if you guys know out there where she hawk falls in continuity let me know i'll probably eventually look it up but still use that hashtag s-h-a-o pod <laughs> so all right i'm gonna wrap it up here um and until next week you guys stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky and this court is adjourned I think that's what they say. I don't know. Whatever. Bye, y'all. Hit me up.